Good morning. Good morning. How are we doing today? We're doing okay. Thank God for those who are here. We still have some who are, who are still not doing well, but we pray that they will all be here come uh, later this week or next week. So keep praying and may the Lord heal them and bring them back safely. I have three pages, and it might take us till 1.30, so are you ready? <laughs> See, I have some thumbs up, guys. <laughs> Look at that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> the title of my message today, I normally don't have a title, but the title of my message, a question. Are you ready? Are you ready? And I was studying in the letter of Peter, and uh, it touched my heart to see what he wrote. But before that, it's related to the second coming of Jesus Christ. And you know, you've heard a lot about the Lord's coming. I'm not going to touch on that, but I'm going to touch since he is coming on, since he is coming, are we prepared to meet him? Are we prepared? Believers, I'm talking to you first. Those who are saved, are we prepared? You know, uh, let's hear from Paul a little bit here. Paul in First uh, Thessalonians and chapter four, he is he's touched on that. He touches on the second coming of Christ because this is our hope almost in every epistle. And Paul is known to do that. And to the Thessalonians in chapter four and verse thirteen, he tells them. But we do not want you to be uninformed with regards to the second coming of Christ. Uninformed, brethren, about those who are asleep. In other words, those who died and left the scene. That you may not grieve as to the rest who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again even so, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep or died in Jesus. For listen to this. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord. 
I repeat, for this we say to you by the word of the Lord. In other words, I am quoting the Lord Jesus Christ. Did you hear me real good today on this one? If you have your Bibles, underline it. So the Lord said, we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord shall not precede those who have fallen asleep. In other words, those who died and left us, they're going to be risen first in a twinkling of an eye, and then we shall join them to meet the Lord in the air. The second coming. Okay, and are you ready for the second coming? Are you ready? Every believer should be ready. And this is why I wanted to tell you what we need to be ready. Peter goes on that. Uh, do you agree with me that we are living in the last days here on earth? I didn't hear it. Amen. We are. We are living in the last days. And with an insane, look, insane political climate. Do you agree that we are living in an insane political climate? I couldn't find a better word. <laughs> I could not, really. So let's call it insane. And, and we see the deterioration of moral and spiritual conditions. Do you see that with me? Okay. The word of God vis-a-vis -vis this stands firm. It's the truth because it was predicting that these things will happen immediately before the coming of the Lord. So everything is fallen in place. Of course, the world has also always offered enticement to people. And as in every generation, there have been those who laugh at the subject, oh yeah, the Lord is coming. They've been saying that. They laugh. Let them laugh. But we will laugh last. We will have the last laugh. Okay? And the Lord is coming whether they believe it or not, or like it or not. In this day, however, it seems we have unparalleled falling away from godly living. I'm sad when I look what's happening. When you hear, then I don't like to hear the news anymore. I don't like it. This age of permissiveness, for a lack of better word, right? Let's call it permissiveness, has come upon us with force that leaves us baffled sometimes that these things are really happening in the United States and in the world, and we don't have anything, and we have, we have no answer to it. Wickedness in high places. I agree with that. God's defiance in every area in our lives. Our national life is in peril. And you know, it's not only here. It's, you can find it, I, I'm, I regret to say, it's in every nation. And did you also notice that there is a turning away from sound doctrine. Did you notice that? And what does it say in uh, Timothy? 
2 Timothy chapter 3. I'll read it to you. Men will be lovers of self. In the last days, there'll be difficult times. They'll be lovers of money, boastful, arrogant. Do you see it in our nation? I'm choosing some. Disobedient, Dean spoke about obedience last week. People are getting more disobedient and are disobedient about anything else. Uh, unloving, yes. Malicious gossips, haters of God, treacherous, holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power. If you ask me, Ayro, could you describe our society? I'll tell you one thing. Go back to Timothy, to the Paul writing to Timothy, and you will see our society as it was written 2,000 years ago. Today is the same, because the Bible is ahead of us all the time. The Bible is not an old story. The Bible is always ahead of every news in the world, ahead of any. I don't, want, I don't know which news you, you watch. It's ahead of the news, and it's ahead, it's ahead of us. We need only to remember that also the Lord said in Matthew, as it was during the days of Noah, they were eating and drinking, and they're doing the same today. They were marrying and giving in marriage until the day of Noah entered the ark. It was the same during the days before Sodom and Gomorrah were burnt. And then the Lord himself said, the outcry of Sodom and Gomorrah is indeed great, and their sin, here it is, is exceedingly grave. Do you feel that our sin, the sin of our nation and the world is exceedingly grave? Then expect the coming of the Lord. Expect him to come and come very soon. It looks like we're ready. And all signs point toward it. One of the great men of God was asked, as I asked you this earlier this morning, are you ready? They asked him. I think F.B. Meyer. I forgot the name. And he said, he said, F.B. Meyer is ready. I'm packed, he said. And my luggage is at the door. And I'm looking for him to call me. Are you packed? Are you prepared? That's Paul. Peter writes to the, in his second letter and verse, and uh, chapter 3, he said, but the day, verse 10, the day of the Lord will come like a thief. Not to us. We are expecting him. In which the heavens will pass away with a roar and the elements will be destroyed with intense heat, and the earth and its work will be burned up. And he says, and this is our subject today, since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, what sort of people ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? You want the Lord to come? Say, oh, Lord, come. It's, it's, getting, it's getting so bad. 
Okay, but are you ready for his coming? What sort of people? Well, I picked up a few things. He tells them for lack of time. The rest of that chapter tells us how should we be? How should we live? And this is our subject tonight. How should we live as Christians? One, he wrote about many, many, few points, but let us review what some of them. Practical uh, for us. He said, you should be living in holy conduct. Amen. Holy conduct. Christ in his life and character is the supreme example of the divine holiness. Agree with that? In him, it consisted in more than mere sinlessness. It was his entire consecration to the will and purpose of God. The holiness of Christ should be the standard of the Christian character. Should be. And if this message convicts you, then we have achieved the purpose of reviewing it this morning, this afternoon already. We are called to be holy. He says, holy conduct. We are called to be holy. The Bible says in 1 Peter 1, 14 to 16, it says, as obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lusts which were yours in your ignorance. We heard about that during the breaking of bread, how we were in our old life before we met the Lord Jesus Christ and he changed our lives. But like the Holy One, Jesus Christ, who called you, be holy yourselves also in your behavior, in your conduct, because it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. How is your conduct? Holy conduct. And the Bible makes it clear to us. And the Bible translates and to us what he means. Paul throws light on this. And he says that you may walk. That's the conduct. You may walk in a manner worthy of our Lord. How is your daily conduct? Is it in a manner worthy of the Lord? How you are your transactions with each other, with the government, at work, at home, at school, wherever you are, in a manner that is pleasing to our Lord and worthy of our calling. We have the name of Christian is on us. And when we go to work, people are looking at us like we're different. People who work, you should be different regardless. Am I pleasing the Lord in all respects? I am bearing the fruit in every good work and increasing also as I go in the knowledge of God. Godly conduct is required. 
by each and every one of us. And we are called during these last days. If you think with me we are living in the last days, we are calling to walk in a manner worthy of our Lord. This is my call. In a manner worthy of our Lord. How is it with you? Are you following the word of God? And this is why I said, are you prepared? Are you ready to meet him in the air? Are you ready when you stand before him on the judgment seat of Christ to look him in the face and he will look at you and will say, well done, John. I was so pleased to see your behavior at work. I am was pleased to see your conduct. It's not the conduct that we show others and display, if you will please, display. Only after we hear the message like this and say, today I'm going to be good and tomorrow I go back. You cannot do that. We have to be consistent living for Christ on a daily basis. When people talk and joke, about things in this world. Do we go with them or we stand firm so our conduct will be a holy one and they will know who we are and what we stand for. This is what the Lord is, is, is looking for every one of us, every person, to display what God has implanted in our hearts. We as Christians, we need to watch how we behave. Are we watching? How we converse. How we conduct ourselves, knowing that all eyes are upon us. This is why he says, since all these things are to be destroyed, what sort of people ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? Christians, dear brothers and sisters, this is the call that we need to make. Am I going to be 100% for Christ or not? Some people are saying, well, I'm at 90. 90% will not cut it. Even 99% will not cut it. When Jesus saved us, did he save us 99%? Did he relieve us from only 99% of our sins and he left about 1% for us? Ah, tell me about it. The Lord saved us completely and he requires that we should be completely his. Do we leave a blessing after we meet with people and go and they will say, truly, she's a wonderful lady. Truly, he's a true Christian. Truly, I know that they are. I read, I read a um, little story about a girl. I want to I read it to you. And I'm going to repeat it twice because 
I had to read it twice so it can sink. In a small town, in a cemetery, a little white stone marked the grave of a dear little girl. On the stone were chiseled these words, a child of whom her playmates said, it was easier to be good when she was with us. Let me repeat that. It was written on her graveyard. It was easier to be good when she was with us. I don't think there's a better epitaph than this, would they? They did not write anything else. And would people say it was easier to be good when we are with Adel? It's easier to be good when we are with so-and-so. Fill in your name there. Do you leave that blessings? And this girl left that blessings all the time. And when I read it, I had to read it twice, three times, so it can sink in my heart. Would they say this? And the Bible says we are imitators, should be imitators of God, imitators of Christ. We need to adhere to the word of God. We need to walk with love. That's a true conduct. With love, just as Christ loved us. Just what sort of Christians you ought to be when Christ comes. You may say, Adel, do you have, did, did you have to, to give us this message today? When do, you think if, when do you think a better day than this? When? You, you tell me. Leave it Wednesday night, Wednesday night, leave it to another week. No, God might come to take us. This is the time. This is the most appropriate time. Oh, we need to walk as children of light, are we? This is in Ephesians chapter 5. It's all there. We need to be careful how we walk as wise men, not as unwise. Setting examples. Do you think this little girl that went to be with the Lord set an example for her friends? We are being watched. And my question, how is your conduct? How are we? Said Adel, did you have to did you have to tell us this this morning? Well, people they should know us by our conduct. A young man was invited to sub for a preacher on Sunday who uh, was away in a church in Nashville. This is a true story. And on a sudden impulse. This young man stood and said, today I want to talk to you about thou shall not steal. Everybody looks, I mean, why is he? I mean, thou shall not steal. The next morning he stepped on the bus and handed the driver a dollar bill. The driver handed him back his change. He stood in the rear of the bus and counted the change. There was a dime too much. His first thought was, the bus company will never miss this dime. Could be true. 
then quickly came to the realization that he could not keep the money that did not belong to him. He made his way to the front and said to the driver, watch, you gave me too much change. Imagine his surprise when the driver replied, yes, a dime too much. I gave it to you on purpose. You see, I heard your sermon yesterday. Ouch. I heard your sermon yesterday, and I watched you in the mirror as you counted your change. Had you kept the dime, I would never again have had any confidence in your preaching. But, sir, I'll see you Sunday at church. How is your conduct? That, you know, apply it to every area in your life. For a dime, people are watching us. Holy conduct. People might, might mock at you laugh at you and your so-called Christianity. They will shun you and say many things about your stand for Christ. Be not dismayed. Be not discouraged. Keep pressing on. They did the same with your Savior. I was talking to Carl last Wednesday. Carl Knott, you know Carl Knott, our missionary. And I said, he said, Adel, you don't know how people mock at us here. He is in a very strict Catholic area in Spain. And he said, so many people wish that I would die. They want, me, well, they want to see me dead. I said, don't you worry. There are some who would like to see me dead here too. But does it affect me? Do they have the number of years I should live here? I would laugh at them. I would say, these people are crazy. The one who holds my life is Jesus Christ. I'm going to live for him. And he said, dear Brother Adol, on the other hand, we have a new convert, and he loves me so much. And he says, Carl, on Sunday, I mean, a week ago, I said, Carl, I'm praying for you. He said, well, thank you. I'm praying for that you will live 300 years. <laughs> I said, Carl, who's going to live 300 years? He said, we want the Lord to come. See, this is, I'm telling you what people, that don't you worry, how is your conduct? Stand for Jesus. Persevere for Jesus. Be holy as he's holy. The second word, quickly, righteous living. He says, you have that influences others. Holy conduct and righteous living. Therefore, beloved, he says, since you look for these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace, spotless, and blameless. Can that be for a Christian? Yes, if the Bible says it can be, you can be. Veronica, you can be. I see you're with me, thank you. You can be. You can be spotless. 
Keep your robes clean. About three, four weeks ago, we were, we were studying about the garments of believers. And we're going to continue. To be blameless is a garment, is clothes. Get them out and wear them. The old garments throw out to live a spotless life. Sin should not be in us and living in us. We sin. <coughs> Excuse me. But we confess it and leave it and live for God. Righteous living. And Peter, he has a word that he repeats in, in his you go back and study because of time. He repeats this word, be diligent. Do we have any theologians beside Dean here? <coughs> diligent. What does it mean, Dean? Be diligent. means make every effort. Make every effort. Christians are to make intense, I'm going to end that, intense effort to be pure, spotless, and blameless. As we go through this life, as we go in the, on this journey, we are liable to have, to have dirt on our <coughs> feet. But we can go every night and wash them with the word of God. We have been washed with the blood. We don't need any more washing. But we need to be washed on a daily basis. Take that garment. Wash it with the word of God. If there's any sin, confess it. And this way you can be, you can go to bed blameless and spotless in the eyes of God. Amen? Do, do that. He is saying, he is exhorting you. He said, follow our example. How many times Paul said, Paul said to, the, to the, I believe, Ephesians, he said, be ye imitators of us as we are imitating Christ. And Peter again, Peter again in 1 Peter, I believe, 1 Peter, he says, he says, we are role models. We are role models. What does it mean, Peter, role models? We set examples and we influence others by setting our examples. Remember that this may be the day Lord returns. That's why I touched on that. And if I believe Christ may return, someone said that, listen. If I believe Christ may return today, I will live differently than ever I have. Seeking to affect others for Christ. Now, the question, am I affecting others for Christ? Are we, as a church, influencing them by our righteous living? Holy conduct and righteous living. How is your garment? How is your conscience? How is your life? When people, when we leave their presence, they say, my, my, I wish I could be like her. I wish I could be like him.
I'll end with this little story that was left an influence on a whole, on a whole family. Around the turn of the century, this is a true story, in rural Tennessee, an old man who was crippled with arthritis. But he was very faithful in his attendance to church. Twice on Sunday and once on Wednesday night, a little girl watched him from her window as the old man with his cane painfully made his way down to the little church on the corner. One Sunday morning following a snowstorm, the little girl ran to her window and looking out explained, surely the old man is not going to church today. But there he was. Right on schedule. Plodding very cautiously through the snow and pain on his face. The little girl could not contain herself any longer. She just had to visit the little church to see what possibly could be there that would bring the old man out on such an inclement morning. Remember, the rest is history, the story says. The little girl was impressed by what she saw at that church. She saw love, perseverance, holy conduct, welcome, and in a short time, she was affected by that. She was so impressed, she became a Christian. After high school, she enrolled in a Christian college. And while there, she met a fine young Christian boy whom she later married. That's a true story. To this union, a son was born who was to become one of the finest gospel preachers. This brother, during his ministry, has literally led thousands to Christ. The old man went home to his reward, never realizing just what an impact he had made for the cause of Christ. Because of his godly influence, holy conduct, many will go into heaven with him. There can be no greater joy than to reach heaven and to her, someone would say, I am here because you have shown me the way. Amen. Holy conduct, righteous living, spotless life, and blameless in the eyes of men and God. Are you prepared? You know, Paul spoke about his coming, Lord's coming, and Peter did the same to prepare us for his coming. But 
if you go home and open the last chapter of Revelations, you will see that the Lord is saying himself, I am coming. Three times in chapter 22, he says, I am coming, I am coming, I am coming. Are we ready for his coming? Let's bow our heads for prayers. Father, we are most blessed to see in your word what, how we need to live and how we need to behave and conduct ourselves. Help each and every one of us to live this holy life, a life that brings glory to your name. May each and every one of us think of it more. And if you spoke to our hearts, if we get convicted by that, help us, Lord, to try and please you and live for you. Dismiss us, we pray. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. The meeting is over. God bless you. I'll be with you. And let's not forget it. And live for Christ.